Hello, and welcome to Marysville Church of Christ. This Holy Week, we are presenting a special series of lessons entitled Insurgency, in which we follow Jesus Christ from Jericho to Jerusalem, from Gabbatha to Golgotha, and from the stone pavement to the Rolling Stone. This is Holy Week. We are glad you're doing it with us. Yesterday we left off by looking at Jesus' approach to Caiaphas and his view of Judaism. Caiaphas, the high priest, represented or was a physical representation of all that the Jews have become. And yesterday we explored the reality that their religion had become so inextricably linked with their political ideology that they lost their allegiance to God and gave their allegiance to Caesar. We examined how today we still have that temptation as a church, struggling to identify if our allegiance lies with Christ or if our allegiance lies with Caesar. Today, I would like to turn our attention to the relationship that Jesus had with Pilate. Pilate being the physical representation of political and national power. And I think we can learn some interesting things between Jesus and his new kingdom of God and the way he worked with, against, and through the kingdoms of the earth. To help us explore this point, I would like us to use the metaphor of the Passover. In Mark chapter 14, moments before the Last Supper of Jesus and his apostles that would immediately lead to the Garden of Gethsemane and then the death of Jesus. We see him and his apostles planning for the Passover meal, talking about the lamb that they have to sacrifice, the unleavened bread that they have to bake, and the table they'll have to feast upon. And to us as modern readers, we may lose the powerful imagery of the Passover. The Passover is linked to Exodus chapter 12, in which God, after nine plagues, desperately tried to liberate his people from Egypt. And in a heartbreaking moment, he relents the power to the destroyer who is going to come and steal, kill, and destroy, as Jesus said in John 10.10. And he's going to kill the firstborn of all the Egyptian families. But the way God differentiates his people from the kingdom of the earth is through a sacrificial offering of a lamb with that sacrificed lamb's blood being painted on the doorframe. All throughout Egypt, everywhere you saw a blood-splattered door, it was an indicator that that person in there was a Hebrew. That person in there was a follower of God. And through that blood-splattered frame, the Hebrews found deliverance. They were passed over by the destroying angel. It's a fitting metaphor for what Jesus came to do. See, the blood on the doorpost represented two things. It represented, first, a liberation a physical removal of the Israelites from Egypt and their oppressors. 
but it also represented a salvation. Whereas death would have been inevitable, this blood defended them from the destroyer. So too, as we explore the kingdom of God that Jesus was bringing about versus the kingdom of Rome that he found himself in, those two key ideas were evident on the cross. The blood splattered on the cross is the blood that we as Christians today choose to paint on our door frame. And this blood on our door frame is the liberation that indicates to us a differentiation from the world, a liberation from the kingdoms of this world, and the salvation that we have achieved, excuse me, received through Jesus Christ. Liberation and salvation through the blood of the Lamb. In the time of Moses, liberation would have seemed like an easy thought. The Israelites, then Hebrews, entrapped in slavery, bound by chains and forced labor, probably longed for being freed of the moniker of Egyptian, freed from the name of Egypt, and excited and anticipating a new name, a new identity, a new country being given to them. But we see something at work in the hearts of the Hebrews. Not just a couple of weeks after their departure from Egypt, many of them longed to go back. Why? Because liberation is difficult, even when it seems easy. Consider the time of Jesus. The liberation that the Jews desired and craved from Rome is seen in the Sicarii and their dagger-hidden uh, cloaks. It's seen in the, the messianic prophecies of a coming destruction to the oppressors of the Israelites. But did they actually want to liberate? When given the chance to liberate to the kingdom of God as Jesus designed it, when given a chance to embrace a new identity and a new kingdom, they couldn't do it. The allure of Pilate was so strong despite the fact that they hated Pilate. They couldn't understand a new type of kingdom. And though they despised Pilate the man, they understood Pilate's agenda. Control, conquer, rule, subdue. And the Jews wanted liberation, but they wanted liberation through conflict so they could subdue and control and rule and conquer. But Jesus and his kingdom was something vastly different. Turn the other cheek and do not resist the evildoer, Jesus taught, to his kingdom. Blessed are the peacemakers, he proclaimed, in his kingdom. Those who live by the sword shall die by it, he proclaimed, to his kingdom. The first will be last and the last will be first, he proclaimed, to the followers of his kingdom. And the Jews desired the bondage of slavery. 
and the oppression of Rome rather than embracing the liberation of Christ. They, when given the opportunity to paint the blood on their doorpost and it announced to the world that they were different, they chose to remain the same. Why? Why, when given the chance to finally achieve the liberation they've desired for centuries, did they turn their back on it? Because they didn't understand that liberation... Liberation from the world doesn't mean a new kingdom of the world. It doesn't mean the process of the world. It means a turning away from the world. And that kind of liberation is dangerous. All the while that Jesus is teaching these things through the streets of Jerusalem and the temple courts and other elsewhere, Pilate's mansion is seen. Pilate himself often walking the balcony constantly visible, and as Jesus taught a new type of liberation, an announcement of a new kingdom, they couldn't take their eyes off Pilate. They couldn't take their eyes off Rome. If the Jews, the night of the Passover, were asked, to declare their liberation by painting of their doorpost, many of their doorposts would remain pristine. Why? Because they couldn't take their eyes off Pilate. As Christians today, I would like you to consider, is your doorpost painted with the blood of our lamb, Jesus? Have you chosen the liberation that comes through Christ? And yes, it is a wonderful liberation that will free you from the worries and concerns of this world. Yes, it, it will allow you to take a step back from the, the games of Pilate and of empire. And sure, it will allow you to experience a freedom in your mind and in your heart as you relinquish the control of the kingdoms of this earth. But are you willing to embrace the next part? Living as a peacemaker living humble, living generously, self-sacrificially, not living by the sword, but living by the cross, not retaliating, but turning the cheek? Are you willing to embrace a kingdom that is everything these kingdoms of the world are not? Are you going to be able to take your eyes off of Pilate long enough to look to Christ? Are you going to be willing to dip your hand in his blood and paint your doorpost announcing to the world that you have been liberated from all of this and have allied yourself with the kingdom of God? Or is the allure of Pilate too strong for you? The blood on the doorpost also represented salvation. Just as the blood on the doorpost represented deliverance from the destroying angel, so too Christ is our deliverance from the destroying angel. Satan is longing to kill and steal and destroy. He is the prince of lies and the ruler of this age and of this darkness. He is the one responsible for the suffering on earth, the conflict of nations and the pain you feel. And he's coming for you and me. But Christ died so that that fateful night 
when the destroying angel comes house to house, just like in Egypt, that Christ can point to our doorpost and show his blood and repel the evil one. Is your doorpost painted with Christ? Have you felt and tasted of that salvation? I will not say anything in these podcasts that's more dire and more important, more pressing and more honest than what I'm about to say. Life is found in Jesus alone. And salvation is not a spiritual ideal alone. I have been freed of my guilt of my past and the mistakes of my present. I have found certainty in the uncertainty of tomorrow. And I have found footing amidst the choppy storm and waters around me. I can stand where I used to fall and walk where I used to be too afraid to go. Because Jesus and his blood are painted on my door, on my door frame. The salvation of Christ has come to me. And... I often find myself thinking like Paul. If I can be saved. If I have the opportunity to paint my doorframe with his blood, so too do you. And this Easter, I want you to consider this. Above all else, are you willing to liberate yourself from the kingdoms of this world and fall into a radical, new, self-sacrificial, and upside-down kingdom of Christ? And are you willing to jump into his arms? Are you willing to embrace the salvation that comes from him? Right now, look at your hands and decide. Are you going to use them to paint your doorframe with the blood of our sacrificial lamb? Are you going to allow them to become dirty and gross as you self-realize all that you need from Christ? And are you willing to experience that turmoil and that dissonance from being willing to liberate from the world and rely on the salvation of him? Or is Pilate standing there, walking back and forth on his balcony? Is the allure of Pilate too great? Can you take your eyes off of him to put your eyes onto Christ?